ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Street Life Podcast. Tune into the weird and wonderful real hosts, J.D. Strange, Mountain Man, Jokes Mahomes, and Dungeon Daisy. Roetta, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it's very hot here at the moment. Not like Manchester, yeah. so it's a bit oh, yeah, boiling. So I've got a fan on. Yeah, I heard you guys had 30 degrees yesterday. 34 and a half, it all counts, it's terrible. Yeah, I don't live in Manchester, but it was that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Um, I just want to say, uh, firstly, you know, thank you very much for joining us. We understand that you're you're probably very busy, so uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. Well, not as busy as we should be, because of lockdown, no gigs, is there, so... Uh, Yeah, yeah, we've we've only recently just kind of rejoined work and things are slowly starting to pick up here. Um, I think as of the 1st of July, it's, it's going to be kind of normal, I guess, if you can call it that, you know, so know. fingers crossed anyway, fingers crossed. Um, so today we've got the, uh, the usual format. We've got James up there, and I don't know if he's in the top right of your screen, but we've got James. I'm doing a screenshot. Paul. Screenshot, thumbs up. The usual, the usual Motley crew. That is me, JD Strange. Oh, I mean, I've got time you, you've, you've got Judge Mahomes down there doing this, and you have the uh, the Don Paul up there, and we have the lovely Roetta. And we I am. Are, yeah, please. Speak. We're, we're we're in Bangkok, so it's terribly hot here as well. Oh, I know, but you're um, used to it there, aren't you? Kind of used to it. Yeah, we're a little bit used to it here, so it's not quite so bad. Um, but um, is there, when do you guys, when can you see yourself getting back to performing and uh, uh, going back to gigs and stuff? Is that on, on the horizon? or? Is yeah, it, I'm, doing a, I'm doing a couple on my own and I'm doing a couple with Bez, quiet, private ones. Um, but the Mondays, the first gig that was cancelled was Amsterdam in March at right. Paradiso. And that's the first one we're, we're due to do back because they're all being rescheduled. So that's January the 9th. Um, myself okay. and Bez have been booked for something in August, but I don't know if that'll happen, a big one. But, um, yeah, so this year, I don't know. I'm going to go to Ibiza and try, and well, I'm just going to sing everywhere and just, you know, because I, I love singing, I miss gigging. Um, but, yeah, for the Mondays, it will be January. Today, we're supposed to be playing Glastonbury, so it really hurts today. Yeah. Friday, we're uh, supposed it's, to it's be It's lovely there. weather for it as well. It's like Glastonbury oh, I mean, it's, it's a bit raining. too hot. It's always muddy, isn't it? Messy, it's but always muddy. It's boiling, always horrible. Yeah. And it's, it seems to be called off every time it's boiling and nice weather. It, gets, yeah. it got called off in 2018 and it was nice then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got, um, so you're looking to uh, next year, really, to perform with the Mondays. And uh, this Definitely. year, when you and Bez play together, how does that work? Are you, are you singing and he, he's uh, just doing his maraca thing, is he dancing yeah. or does he uh, uh, perform in other ways? He has a microphone as well, he's like Chance, yeah. he does little best Chance, yeah, hey up, uh, when I'm singing <laughs> and um, a lot of crowd songs, so like if we're in um, Birmingham, he'll sing football songs to do with Birmingham and I'm a United fan uh. so I never, but he'll be like, yeah he, he knows a lot of the football chants so um, 
that gets them all going, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's just, it works anyway, just, he chants, it's usually dancing though, we have a load of people up on stage with us, so you get the whole experience, I mean, we've done it where we've let people be Sean, you know, and do Sean's bits, and we don't have to do much then, which I just do your P-P-I-I-A and let somebody sing Kinky Afro, and you know, they love it, and dancing with me and Bez in between us, it's um, a great experience, if you're a Mondays fan. Mm. That's yeah, the thing, yeah, the Mondays sure. are, are, are an institution now, aren't they? They're, they're a pretty institution. Can't believe we're still going and nobody's yeah. died. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> really. Oh, how do you, um, yeah, how do you uh, see uh, the, the change in your fan base from, say, um, I mean, you, you joined in 1990, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so from, from then, uh, going through all the different kind of phases and periods and in uh you know especially in in the uk where the kind of brit rock scene and the pop scene and stuff was was huge in the 90s how do you see your fan base changing over the years as it comes into well i mean it's 2020 now is it the same kind of die hard mondays fans or have you got a growing number of younger new fans yeah we've got loads because it's a lot of people grew up on the music a lot of people's brothers and sisters um, got them into the Mondays and a lot of kids like the Mondays and a lot of our tunes get played on adverts and stuff over here and at football games and stuff and the play's still on the radio so we've got a lot of it's really mixed the audience now I mean we did it was almost sold out a 30-day tour at the end of last year we played Australia and New Zealand again sold out everywhere so to be doing that 30 years later you know um, because we're not like the Rolling Stones really we, get, we do have um, a bit of a history and a bit of a past and a bit of a reputation so um, you either like it or you don't want one of them, you know. And we've had some hits, but it's like, it's, we've not kept going throughout the years. We reformed in 2012. I can't st believe we're still, still together, the same lineup. We only lost one, the keyboard player. It was, he's just decided he didn't want to do it anymore. But we're still going strong and getting on better than ever. And it's amazing to do a 30-day tour and come out of it and go, that was a great tour and not really falling out. Amazing. Yeah. Certainly, I mean, it would have used to have been. We'd be travelling with Sean, we'd all hate Sean, we'd fall out with Sean, but we don't travel with him now. We only see him just before the gig and just after, so I think that's why it works, to be honest. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything of the things he used to do. No partying at all, so it works. Me and Bed still party, and hopefully we will until, you know, we're in our 90s, I hope, um, until, until we don't look good anymore, because we look pretty much the same. We don't look that bad anymore still, so... And that's not just, I don't think we were gorgeous before, we weren't models before, but we've not aged too much. We can still dance. Although, the end of last tour, me and Bez both had neck braces on, uh, knee braces, whatever they're called, them things on your knees. Both our knees yeah. had gone last tour by the end of the 30 days. But um, we still did it every night. What it is, Bez does this thing where it bounces up and down. And like he's a kid, like he's on a pogo stick. And I copy him. And you just touch your knees in when you're in your 50s. It, you can't do it, and we do it. And it's like, every time I do it, I go, why am I doing it again? Why am I copying? Why is he doing it again? And he's going the next day. He's got his knees, ice packs on his knees and all that. And it's because we do this jumping up and down stupid thing that we need to stop doing. <laughs> yeah. So was the, um, you know, when you, when you say that, you know, Sean and Bears are real kind of party animals and stuff, I mean, how crazy did it get? You know, in the kind of well, Sean used to be more back in people's rooms and back, back in his room and back on the tour bus and stuff um, because he was very heavily, everybody knows, on heroin. And so Bez was more on party drugs and things. I like a whiskey. So it just depends that the whole band were on different kind of things. We were only kids. Um, the pills were very strong mm. then for all the fans and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good time. But, I mean... It's dangerous, really. You know, a lot of people don't survive those times and haven't survived those times. A lot of people, they think they can 
do it like Bez and Sean. You just can't, you know. If you if you survive taking those kind of drugs sometimes, then great. But it's you've got to be lucky. And luckily, Bez wasn't really addicted to anything. He just did it, you know, like for socialising. Um, he just liked to weed. But me and Bez, I was addicted to cigarettes. He was addicted to weed. And we've given it up about seven years ago. We've both given up smoking. So, because to me, if you're addicted to something, that's what you need to stop. So everything else is all right, but we just don't smoke ever anymore. No, I'm joking. But yeah, we're not addicted to anything, so we're very lucky. So, you know, because nowadays as well, everything's cut with things, dangerous. You can't travel anywhere when you get um, when you get arrested or anything. So luckily, we've, well, I've not been. So, um, you know, I like my whiskey and that's about it. But uh, I think that's going to have to put down now. When, you, when you're traveling, you get sweating and all that. Like, you're not going to be able to travel, so I might have to tone down my whiskey. It was quite normal back then, though, wasn't it? I mean, um, you know, the kind of yeah. pills and, you know, ecstasy and stuff, for example. I mean, that, that was a real big thing, right? Uh, you know, especially in the early mid-90s. It was, it was kind of like, it was almost socially acceptable, you know. It was, um, it was just the thing, the, the thing to do, you know, when you went out to Well, they say it made white, people, white men dance and all this, but it was, I walked <laughs> in that and everyone, everyone was smiling and dancing, and they didn't drink, they were all drinking water, and water was very expensive everywhere because you needed water, same in Ibiza, you'd go to a club and the water was more expensive than the beer because everyone needed mm. water because them pills were strong. Now, I've never taken to pills that much so because they're too strong for me and I don't like being out of control. But um, the people who do like being out of control loved it. And um, there were people when they went on ketamine in the 99, we did a manumission. And I didn't know what drug they were on. And they were walking towards me, but sinking, thinking they were falling. They're like nearly crying. <laughs> These lads, they're on the, and I thought, what the heck is that? I've never seen anyone doing that before. And I've glue sniffed. I've never seen anyone sinking into the floor. But they, they love ketamine for a while. But again, uh, our band give that a miss, really. So, mm. um yeah, it was um, it was a great time in back in the day, but when the addiction got too much and everyone had more money than they used to do, and we used to have all the dealers hanging around with us, so it becomes really difficult actually, and that's probably why you know it all imploded and went wrong. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and, and we we kind of talked about you know the the growth of the Mondays and the the, the, the new fans that you guys are getting, but kind of going back to that scene as well, how, how have you seen that the actual scene change? You know, other than the kind of the drugs and the party, and has the scene actually changed much since since the nineties? Because obviously, you know, things are are very different with the the advent of the internet and things as well, and bands yeah. having to try and find other avenues to promote themselves. Um, it has, how it, has it, that impacted? It has, but obviously, I'm not I'm not wanting. To, I had kids as well when I was in the Mondays first time around. I had young children, so I didn't really want to go clubbing. Well, I did, but I did go clubbing after the kids were in bed to the hacienda. But then you noticed um, a few years after that, once the hacienda got rubbish, that all our friends were either settling down with kids, um, giving up the drugs, or looking for where our mates were. You'd, I'd come back after a tour and I couldn't find anyone where they used to always be in one place or at a rave or somewhere. But all that really died down a bit. Um, it's a completely different kind of clubbing um, and a lot of the bars, a lot of people would go to bars and stuff. So I would only find it back at someone's house or villas when you're away. You find that same thing there. But um, it's definitely, definitely changing because of the internet. You know, you don't need to even, I mean, now we don't even bother going out. We can see our favourite DJs giving us everything and um, in the company you just can't have people around to do it yet but when you can have people around to party in your house and have the DJs online that might be a new way to go as well but I hope that's not the only way because you know I just love being on stage and having a, nothing like a live audience so I hope we get that back but it's it's changed but it's hard to hard to remember what it changed into at the moment because it's so different now um, mm. 
It's, I just appreciate what we had before. But to me, it didn't, when we toured Australia and New Zealand, it was exactly the same as the 90s for me, except we were more behaved. You know, but me and Bess were doing after parties with Alan McGee. Um, Alan McGee used to manage, um, no, he was the record label, wasn't he? Creation Records, but he manages the Mondays. So he was DJing, me and Bez, I was singing, Bez was being Bez. And we were doing that till four in the morning after our Mondays gigs and then getting on a plane at six in the morning. It was like, that Australian tour was just mad. I think we did something like 12 gigs in 14 days and traveled every day wow. and after parties and you're just doing it on adrenaline and i never had any jet lag and best didn't and like we did we weren't like we're not we're not druggies now no really you can't you can't really do loads of anything you can't do loads of drinking even you we just had to stay healthy really and eat well and you know and you know like just try and give everybody obviously everything within them hours that were there but it's it is difficult and you do have everybody left right and center trying to give you all sorts it's um, that's mm. one of the used to be a joy of being in happy mondays but now it's a bit of a pain sometimes you know sign my record and do you want a line you know it's, it's all a bit like that <laughs> and it's, um no because it is work really and as the older you get and the more we're enjoying it because it's like work you know you do get more sensible and you don't want to go back to people's houses and have them nowadays everyone's filming people and taking pictures mm. and all this like we never used to have a lot of cameras we're very lucky back in our dressing rooms back in the day i ban anyone from taking pictures in my dressing room and bringing cameras because bez quite often hangs out in my room because he brings back loads of people backstage and then he wants to have a bit of space so he comes to my room where i have nobody backstage <laughs> and um yeah so it's um when they, when they come and say hello after the gig I, i'm really a bit funny about them taking pictures without permission because it always seems yeah, a bit sneaky yeah. and you don't know who's a journalist and that because Bezzy's over-friendly and I'm friendly but I'm not that friendly if I don't know you, you know, <laughs> not stupid. I don't know how you guys can do it, you know, like um, these big tours and, and, you know, partying and stuff so much. I mean, I went over to the Philippines with my band last year and we played, oh, what, three or that was great. It was great, but we played like three or four shows, and and I was just I was destroyed after a few days. I was like, oh. I just I just can't do this. Like not getting enough. It must sleep be in our blood or something because it must be there's something. I don't know if it's a Mancunian thing because I know um, Liam Gallagher still does it quite well. Um, but I'm just surprised we don't really get that ill. I'm surprised at Bezzy's energy. I'm surprised at us. Honestly, when we did the 30 date tour, there was one week where we did six in a row and then a day off and then another gig. And it's like, it's all right that like Sean does come on and just stand there. And I would, I would love to just stand and sing because I'm a singer. But since when I'm with the Mondays, I don't do that. Obviously, I dance with Bez. I, you know, I'm very, very active on stage. But it's knackering, really, you know, because it's hot on that stage. Um, but I just love it. It's the love of it. And, you know, it's, it, I couldn't believe we, we never went, oh, no, not another show. We actually were saying, oh, no, a day off tomorrow. But you just get into it and you get used to it. Yeah. It's only the travelling that gets a bit, you know. Um, I don't travel with Bez and Sean now. I travel with the rest of the boys. I sometimes travel with the crew, but I get on with them all. Um, so as long, to me, as long as nobody comes along with the band, I'm happy. I don't really like anybody's girlfriends or friends coming on the bus because we're working and people don't always get that. Mm. And you've toured with your own music as well, haven't you? you you're quite, I, I see you're quite popular in Japan. Yeah, I have a tour Japan as well. I remember I got a train from um, Osaka to Tokyo and I didn't get off at the right... I missed the stop anyway. Um, I got off the stop afterwards, I think, and it was a bit scary. But no, I'm fantastic in Japan. Um, no, I loved it. I did a tune, with, it's called Shugiorum, and um, years ago, he's a big fan of Happy Mondays. He did something with Bez as well, I think, and a few other people, maybe something with Peter Hook. Um, but he was such a fan, and I said, I would love to. 
do something with you. And it, it was released and I went to tour it with him. Um, as I said, I just had a great time. Obviously, the Japanese are great. I've toured with the Mondays there, but touring on my own. And I literally travelled. I think it's the furthest I've ever been, all on my own. And I do tra like travelling on my own, but Japan was a bit scary. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know Shugiorum yet. Um, but once I got there, there was no need to be scared. It was wonderful. And um, we went back. Me and Bez went back and did the Hacienda there. And I sang again with Shugiorum and on my own. And with a couple of the 808 State Boys. And we actually came to Bangkok. We did a, a festival in Thailand. Myself and Bez. And um, again, the 808 State Lads and Graham Park. And that was amazing. I would love to do that again. Um, yeah, we were only there probably... I think we had one gig day and one day off in Thailand. It's a long way to go, in it? And we never went to the beautiful bits. We just went to Bangkok, Party City. And we never, you know, everyone always goes, oh, wait, you've, got to go to, you've got to go to Thailand, you've got to go to Thailand. And then you get there and you go, oh, it's like you've got to get on a plane to go to, you know, like to the beaches and stuff. And I didn't realise that we, never, we didn't have time. So maybe one day. So all I saw really was, yeah, the hotel rooftops and bars and chatting up lads and, you know, <laughs> the bars. <laughs> As you do. But no, we had a great yeah. time. It was a great, great festival. I think God's Kitchen were there as well. But yeah, no, me and Bez were, we do, we do have a ball. We do club nights. So um, hopefully we'll bring our club night over to Thailand. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a big scene as well here. Um, and, you know, just well, like was. I said, hopefully, hopefully it there kicks was. back <laughs> off again. You know? oh, well, I know, yeah. I hope we can fly there. We're talking. And I'm, I'm getting my first plane to Ibiza on July the 8th. I hope, you know, but you just don't know at the moment with my mask on and all that shit but um i'm just glad to be going anywhere you know it's um, it's great to be able, that we're going to be able to fly somewhere and it'd be there a lot of the clubs are finished but the the season's not over they're going to still do something you know and if you go somewhere just for the nightclub clubs that are on till seven in the morning you're missing out because Ibiza's so much more than that as most places i'm sure bangkok if you took away like the staying up all night you can still have a great night in bangkok going out you know without it do, everything doesn't have to last for ages you don't have to be sat on top of each other or in a club like this next to each other mm. you can there's lots you know and i hope people try and appreciate that this year but getting live bands back on and djs and stuff would be amazing everywhere mm -hmm. oh, i'm talking about ibiza uh, the legendary stories of the, the guys from the uk who first went to ibiza and apparently sean was one of these characters who went back in 88 87 i think with bez bez was in morocco wasn't he in, in the mid-80s, I think. And, right, I wasn't uh, in the band then, though, so I can't comment before 1990. Uh, you wasn't even born then. <laughs> no, I just I didn't join the band until 1990, so I went to Ibiza for the first time with the, with the boys, my first time there. We played Koo Club. Yeah. Um, Paul Oakenfold was DJing, but um, that's my first, the Koo Club is privileged now, and that was amazing, but they'd been over loads before me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that still would have been quite early for the IBFC, like 1990. Yeah. I think it, it started getting getting going in 87, 88, yeah. 89. So uh, yeah, and I think I think the Mondays, uh, Bez and Sean were like uh, some of the early guys to go over there and bring stuff back. Uh, exactly. Music, music influences and pharmaceuticals. And what's I think I think that? Amsterdam as well. I think Amsterdam was Bez's yes. first time. 
I think you think, but as I say, I'm just I'm just guessing. But I do I hear the story a lot. But it changes yeah. when the boys tell the story. It changes, bits get added on, and then these films that I was in that 24-hour party people, where more stories come out that aren't always that true. But it's a comedy yeah. film, but, you know. So you, you st and then they write books, and it's not always true. We add a bit on to make the book more juicy. So um, yeah, it's interesting to hear the stories. But I don't, I don't come in. If it wasn't there, I can't comment really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But so, um, um, yeah, on your good I, want, yeah. I wanted to ask about rock and roll. Like the Mondays, obviously before you joined, nineteen eighty-eight, Squirrel Man, um, bummed album was rock and roll, but a little bit of electronica. But um, by the time of like Yes Please, and it became full on with the Rowetta sound, with the harmonies, it became almost like this uh, hybrid of. Yeah. Uh, of indie rock and uh, like American, like New York East Side, Donna Southern kind of uh, uh, electronica disco with your um, vocal influence as well, um, which I think improved the sound of the Monday so much. It was just a so much do better, I. No. much better. Sound. <laughs> no, no do you know, some of my favourite songs are before me. Tart Tart, I love you know. So yeah, you know, look, but yeah, they would be but, all better if I was on them. Yeah. Sorry. I wanted to ask how did how did the songwriting go about? Would they would they finish a song and say um, what can you do with this, or would you listen to them practice and uh, harmonise and like offer suggestions then, or uh, would they give you tapes, or would you be in, in, yeah. the, in the practice session? How did it work? We're all in the studio together, and everybody comes up with the bits there, and then me as well. Um, mm. So. For Step On was my first one, and that was almost finished. And then they wanted, you know, I'd, I'd said I want to join this band, I want to sing with them. And they were saying, we don't want a girl in the band. So for six months, I used to sit in the office, neither of them, and they'd not heard me sing. So I'd got the manager to come and watch me sing. And then two weeks later, I got a phone call. Uh, Paul Oakenfold wants you to come and sing on this tune. It was Step On. And that was wow. literally, I heard the original was, who's going to step on you again? So I sang that and loads of harmonies, and it turned out obviously really well. And I wanted, I always wanted, and I'd said this, T-Rex, when Gloria added her vocals to T-Rex, yeah. I just thought it really lifted. It didn't spoil anything. Yeah. T-Rex before Gloria were great, but T-Rex with Gloria, it just added. And that's what I wanted to do to the Happy Mondays, not take over or do anything. And I, and I was asked to sing on a lot more tunes on yes, on uh, Pills and Thrills, for instance, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't sing all over it because I'm a Happy Mondays fan, first and foremost. And I love what Sean mm -hmm. does. And sometimes if there's too many of my vocals, it would take away from what you, Sean's lyrics, which are really important. And these songs like Tart Tart, which it, I would have spoiled it, I believe. You know, there's certain songs I wouldn't touch. We've, we've redid Bummed live, and I sang on a lot of the tunes that I wasn't on, um, but I wouldn't sing on certain ones. I did Lazyitis instead of Carl Denver, but there's certain songs, Tart Tart, I wouldn't touch, uh, because it would, it would completely detract from um, what Sean does. But um, I like to think I'd add, as a fan, and a fan of the music, I like to think I compliment them. Yeah, exactly, and, and, it, and also, um, yeah, it's just a natural thing when I'm in the studio with them because I get on with them so well and because they're always going, that's mega row, that sounds amazing row, because they, they're fans of my voice and what I do and, you know, and they tell me all the time and you can see them buzzing and getting goosebumps. That, you, nothing else lifts you more than that. So we literally sit in the studio and come up with stuff and this, with Yes Please was different because obviously they famously went to Barbados and didn't get much done vocally um, and when, we came, when they came back it was... I was, Sean had just come out of rehab and he wasn't himself. He was writing a lot of lyrics down. So I was going in doing guide vocals because he just wasn't ready or in any fit state to mm. sing. 
And uh, then as I was doing that, I'd be going, oh, I've got a good bit that I can do as I'm singing bits that he would be doing uh, because he wasn't up for it. And it worked really well on Yes, Please. I know the album wasn't... Um, actually, the press was terrible for Yes, Please as well. So I love no, that album. I, I, yeah, I no, a lot of people would have loved it if the press had been better. But, the, yeah. but um, there was a really bad interview in The Enemy. Um, somebody said something they shouldn't have said. And so it ended up being, yes, please, no thanks, big headlines. Yeah. And it was really popular not to like the album, not to like Happy Mondays anymore. And people are, people are sheep and they follow, you know, and they won't even give it a listen. That's how people are. It's the same as if somebody... I've heard people say they love the Arctic Monkeys and they can't name a song by Arctic Monkeys because they just like them because that's what they're supposed to like. Um, I think you kind of you you tend to get that with enemy like um, I, I found that anyway you know people follow enemy there's they've got such a, a kind of hardcore following that sometimes yeah. people just kind of overlook uh, their own well, opinion. Well, they certainly like, used to. Had they had? They don't they used to. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Hi, Rowetta. It's Jordan. Um, Hi, I'm hey. from the United States and. Uh, I, I recently, well, within the past 10 years, I was really into uh, electronic dance music, as they called it, as they still yeah. call it, as an overall genre, uh, from, I would say, 2011 till about 2016, and I saw uh, lots of artists, and I, I read somewhere Pills and Thrills and Belly Aches where it's an uh, incorporation of, like, more of a house music kind of uh, tune. What what kind of house music do you like to listen to nowadays, besides... I put... Um, Hold on, sorry. Turn this off. I can't turn. I don't know how to work my phone. Sorry, it's a Samsung. And I can't work. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I sing on a lot of house music. Um, I've just done a tune out today with Kenny Dope, um, who I love. Um, Masters at work. Um, I've just done a tune with Oliver Heldens, which was um, number two in the dance charts. So I do really, really well. Techno. I do a lot of techno music. I'm number two recently with a tune called The Game. So it's not a matter of listening to house music. I'm singing it all the time. During lockdown, I've, I've watched some of the virtual DJs and stuff, but through the years, I I did my first house tune in 1989, which has been sampled by so many people. In America, famously, Black Eyed Peas, Boom Boom Pow, they sampled cool. me, which was great. Thank you very much for money. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, I've been sampled a lot on house tunes. So, um, yeah, I, I love house music, but I don't. What I don't understand is the different genres. I, I, it's like I've, I've got sometimes a trance tune, a techno tune. I can't tell the difference. I'm just singing. So um, yeah, people sometimes have to explain to me why that's in that genre and not that one. Because to me, a lot of it's just house music or dance music. But um, I get that some is proper uh, classic house or vocal house, but. Um, some techno music isn't as techno when it's just bang 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 it's a bit much on a full-on uh, carl cox does so many different nights carl cox plays one of my tunes on his techno nights but it's a bit of a break to some of these tunes they all do sound a bit samey um, mm -hmm. but the techno heads love it um i like a little bit more of a tune really okay thank you for that thank you You've um you've you've had your, your voice sampled quite a few times and you've worked with so many people um doing you know backing tracks and things and and I, I was really interested to to hear about um you know how how did it go working with with Hook and and Manny and Andy Rourke and I mean did you actually did you collab with with Manny and Rourke or was it just with with Hook? Yeah, I did. I did. I, do you know I did a tune with them? What were they called? Bass, mm -hmm. I can't remember what they called. Four, five bass. Three bass. Four, I mean, three bass. <laughs> three bass. Yeah, no, I did a tune where I just recorded it at home, um, wrote the lyrics. I think a lot of singers were doing this for them. 
Um, but they split up before we did anything. Hooky loved the tune. So, yeah, but the friends of mine, all three of them, um, we did a gig where they had the guy from, oh, Say Something, I can't remember what he's called, um, Haven. They had him him being the lead singer, and mm -hmm. I was singing with Hooky. I was doing um, Atmosphere, I think, for Joy Divisions. I think it was Ian Curtis' anniversary in, in May at Factory. So I was singing with Hooky and his band, but I remember Hooky, Manny, and Andy Rourke did this. I don't know if Andy Rourke turned up, actually. He might have still been in New York. But yeah, it all went a bit messy, didn't it, with them, which is a shame. But they're really good friends of mine, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I heard that, um, uh, that, that Andy, Andy initially left first, didn't he? And he went to, to New York, and then there was a bit of a, an issue between Manny and Hook, but they, they since kind of made up, at, you know, again. But I was just... Um, I was really into it. I was really interested to hear about that because like I am just I'm I'm a huge Smiths fan. They're like my favourite band ever. And uh like Rourke is I'm like I play to bass. with Johnny Marr actually. I would love to with Johnny Marr and Nile Rogers. Nile said it can happen. He said, Well let, why don't we get Johnny on the track? But I'm still waiting and that's about a year ago. So you can imagine it was my birthday and I got this message from Nile Rogers and I'm going, Yes, and I've told everyone and then a year later, he's just too busy though, now Rogers, but to work with him and Johnny Marr would be a dream, obviously. Andy Rock, I've, I've worked with him a lot before Freebase. We wrote quite a lot of songs together, but when we were both doing nothing, to be honest, years ago, um, and he's a lovely mm. guy, but I am not a big Morrissey fan. Of, I, I know he's got great <laughs> lyrics. I just, I find his melodies boring. Don't kill me. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, I, no, I you're yeah. in a coma made me high, boring. <laughs> Piccadilly Garden in the It's a little bit. No, just his melodies, and I think he ruins the tunes with his melodies. I get, I get that. A lot of people really. Um, he's kind of like he's like the Marmite of singers. You know, like yeah, a lot no, of people yeah, love him, and a lot of people hate him. And he's turned into a proper twat. Some of the things he says as well. So. <laughs> There you go. But, uh, he's very opinionated. Like, yeah, but, you know, he's also, you know, he's come out with some very, very nasty thing, things recently. Right. So even uh, people who love the Smiths, people who love the Smiths, they go, you know, they're really good. Somebody actually asked me to cover some Smiths tunes. One of our friends who works with us a lot, and I'm not going to say who in case it's still a project that takes off, but I've said no because of Morrissey's melodies mm. and because of him. Uh, I'm not singing anything that's come out of his mouth at the moment. But I, lo I do, I love the Smiths. And I get it. I get why the dance floors fill up. Until he starts singing, yeah, he's, and he's a bit, he is a bit of a twat. But but um, no, he's like, turning to worse than that. No, he always was. But I, I I said to people, I preferred him better when he went solo, melody wise. Mm -hmm. His vocals seemed to me to be better when he went solo. Same probably for quite a few singers. But I did appreciate his melodies got a bit more um, where he tries something different than the same old thing which he used to do. But as I said, don't tell any of your other Smiths fans because I'll be dead tomorrow. I keep <laughs> saying it, you know, when people ask me about the Smiths in interviews, and I go, please, can you delete it? Because then I remember how, pe how people are, they just worship him, yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're a real hardcore, hardcore following. But but I'm just, I'm just super biased because I, I play bass and and uh, Andy really brings something to the Smiths that no other bass player, Absolutely. I think, in, in any any band, you know, can bring. He's, and, I mean, he was a he was a guitar player before, and then he, he picked up the the bass to to play with Mar and stuff when they were um, high school friends, and he just took it to a new level. He's he's phenomenal, absolutely. Brilliant. And he's a beautiful stop, person stop, as well. Stop making, the, stop making excuses for Morrissey. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, no, because Andy, Andy Rourke is my is a great friend. Andy's the most beautiful he's man. Sure. He's the most kind, yeah. sweet. 
beautiful man. He's been my friend for, I mean, must be 25 years or something. We've been friends. As I said, I worked with him when we were doing absolutely, for call in the 90s, me and him, weren't doing yeah. anything. And he's just a bit, he was a bit too nice, you know, he, what happened to him with the Smiths is shocking. You know, they didn't get as much as the others. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a shame, but, you know, he's moved on and, you know, he's just a great, great guy. Mm -hmm. And a great bass player, obviously. He's a great who, musician, who though. <laughs> no, I would go to his house. He didn't just play bass. He was playing everything. When we did tunes in the 90s, he was playing everything. He did the keyboards. He was doing guitar. He was doing drums. He was doing all sorts. It's like these bands. It's like the Stone Roses, where I, I think probably Manny, uh, probably the drummer, Rennie, was really talented, but like overshadowed yeah. by, you know, Squire. And, uh, and, he had his uh, own band. I went to see them, yeah. the Rub. Rennie yeah. had his own band, The Rub, and they were brilliant. But um, he's just, he's just, huh? he's a great singer. But he sings he's with the Rosie. great melodies. Yeah. yeah. He probably, probably technically a better singer than Ian Brown. For Ian sure. Brown's got better. Yeah, but For Ian Brown's. Sure. And they're both good performers as well, but Rennie's an amazing drummer. So, you know, Ooh. people, I think, you know, I, I went to see him at a gig, and it was only a small gig when they played The Rub years ago in Leeds. I went to see him, and they were brilliant. But it's like, even like Liam Gallagher's band, BDI, it just, they don't do as well sometimes, mm. you know. If he doesn't do it, then, you know, it's, mm. you know, people want Stone Roses and they want, Ian, Ian Brown solo career is fantastic, but he has got better as a singer. I, I love Ian, he's uh, funny as anything. So, Rowetta, your biggest influence when you des decided you wanted to be a singer, and obviously you knew from a very, very young age you were, you were singing all the time. No, it wasn't. Oh. No, no, it wasn't. No. I didn't know I was going to be I a singer. I never genetic. wanted to be. I just can yeah. sing. I never, I was a punk. And I don't, my looks didn't go in my voice anyway. Wow. I liked a band called Crass. And they were my favorite. That's why I ended up singing with you the like Hindus. Crass? Yeah. Myra Hindley's on the cover. Your very own sweet and empty mother. There she is on the front of the star. And I just surprised you, wish you were. Yeah, no, really though. <laughs> and it just didn't go in my voice on me, you know. So I, um... No, I didn't, I didn't come out of the womb singing. I just could sing and um, I didn't know I could. I got sacked from a choir because I sang an octave lower probably than the rest of Because I used to stand out too much. I wasn't interested at all. I was more interested in boys and football. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and yeah, and boys. So that's, um, yeah, so then I was looking after a lady above a pub and my mum was working downstairs. So I went to this fee paying school and she couldn't afford the school fees. So she got an extra job. And I was singing with this lady who was dancing with dying of cancer and she said, I was just singing along to something on the radio and she said, you've got an incredible voice. Get downstairs on the stage and tell the organist, the keyboard player to play something, um, play that. And I went downstairs and I couldn't believe everyone stood up and cheered. It was only a pub. Oh. But, um, <laughs> I just got a buzz from that and I never, never got over it. That's the best buzz in the world. Apart from sex, maybe with one guy. But no, no. no. <laughs> having well, a baby, having a baby, having a baby, having a baby. No, no, it's just, it's just you do get that's, you know, that's my addiction. I just love that buzz. The buzz of singing and people going, when they don't realise what you sound like live for me, because um, I do, uh, people do say it's something different when you see me live, mm. which is amazing. I got a question. Oh, um, also. Sorry, go ahead, Paul. No, on you, on you go, Jordan, yeah, on you go. So a lot of my friends um, really like artists. Like I, I, I saw, I read that you artists like Steve Angelo and Laidback Luke have uh, sampled your 1989 track, Reach Out. Um, yeah. Do you think that artists like yourself, you come up with a really good vocal uh, harmony or things that other DJs use? Do you think you guys get enough credit compared to the big DJs who make the big, the big bucks on the big stage at 
Ultra or, you know, EDC or anything, you know, something like that. Obviously not. It's, it's taken me years as well to let everybody know that's my vocal. It's not Robin S at the beginning to show me love. That B vocal is me. And because mm. of the internet, I've been able to do that. And it's allowing me to work with, you know, some of the people I've always wanted to work with because they're going, that's you? Oh, a lot of them. That's my terrible American accent. No, but a lot of them, they're, they're surprised. And Oliver Heldens, he's massive, three point something million followers. And he asked me, can I use it the other day? But he asked me and he paid me and it's amazing. But before they were just using it and not asking me and, you know, releasing it anyway, even if you say no, Cheryl Cole used it over it here at the Brit Awards. And I said, no, you can't have my voice coming out of somebody else's mouth, but they used it anyway. It's so it's, it's shocking. And so now in almost every interview, I talk about it and say, you know, I'm sick of it. It's great now when I go anywhere, I am recognized, but the DJs are getting a, the big books. Um, at, at when um, Steve Angelo and everybody, the, when they play at Tomorrowland and those and Ultra and places like that. But I don't mind the, about the money. I just wanted everyone to know it's me and they're starting to know it's me. And they're putting clips up on YouTube and Facebook and wherever and Twitch, wherever they're doing, putting these clips up. And I can send Instagram and I can say, that's me and, and I repost it all the time. And if that DJ doesn't give me credit, I make sure everyone knows such about Carl Cox, Calvin Harris, he keeps playing my tune. So I can take that clip and say, thank you, Calvin, for playing my tune. You know, but making sure, if you ever want to work with me or sample me, make sure you say, that's Rowetta. So when Oliver Heldens was going to release it without featuring me, I said, on Twitter, I sent him a message and I said, I'll give you permission to use the sample if you feature me. So now it's Oliver Heldens featuring Rowetta. It wasn't going to be. It was going to be Oliver Heldens' Rave Machine. And now, now he goes, and now my new tune with Rowetta is Rave Machine. It wasn't going to say, it was going to say, this is my new tune. But that's just me making sure, because I'm bang on it on social media, but you have to be. But if it wasn't, I would completely get overlooked. And people would still think that um, Show Me Love at the beginning is Robin S. And it's not. But I get money for it, for royalties, but that's not enough for me. I want people to say, that's, my, that's her voice. I want to be credited. It's really important. Mm -hmm. Thanks for answering that. Thank you. No good question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Roetta, when I when I mentioned to my um, to my girlfriend, my, my girlfriend's um, she's Thai, and uh, yeah. when I mentioned that I was I was going to be speaking to you, um, she had no idea who the Happy Mondays are, obviously, and because um, everyone here is kind of in a little a bit of a bubble. You know, most Thai people kind of like Thai music and things. Um, but then I mentioned that you were on you were on X Factor. <laughs> And she was like, "Really?" <laughs> she, she was like, straight away. She was kind of, she, she knew who you were, um, and I, I wanted to kind of bring things onto that as well because that was really interesting. And I wanted to, to kind of ask you about, um, you know, did did you get a lot of you get a lot of backlash because because essentially you're a professional singer and everyone in X Factor. Well, you imagine that most people who go on X Factor and uh, the Voice and all these kind of things tend to be amateurs and, and people trying to trying to make it who have never kind of been on a big stage before. Um, yeah. Did you did you notice a lot of kind of negative, kind of like a lot of flack because of that or? Well, it wasn't so bad because the social media wasn't like it is now. There were only forums. There was no Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. I did it in 2004, it was the first year. So I didn't really know what I was doing anyway, going in for it. And I watched American Idol and I liked Simon Cowell on that. So that's why I did it for my grandma. My grandma didn't get Happy Monday. She didn't get the house music. 
she's passed away now, but she passed away with me, pictures of me and clippings from the papers from X Factor all over her walls. And so proud that I was the top woman in that competition. I didn't win, but I was the top woman. To be the top woman out of all them thousands of people who enter, and I had a very drunk audition. I had a really bad reaction to nicotine patches. So I did an audition that was absolutely mad. I was, it's embarrassing, really. But it's memorable. So that's how I think I got away with it with the Mundy's fans, because I looked absolutely pissed as a fat. I looked really drunk. But I wasn't <laughs> drunk. It was nicotine patches. I swear by that. I don't really get that drunk, because I'm used to whiskey. But, um, but a lot of people probably were complaining. I didn't read the press because we were told not to. I had an ex-husband come out of the woodwork trying to sell his story. So I, didn't, I just completely ignored it, people who were saying, how come? Because I, I heard that people were saying, how come she's, you know, she's had a career or whatever. But I'd only sung with the Mondays as far as people knew. I'd done, but I've done everything, everything you can do in singing. I started right at the bottom in working men's clubs at 16 or 15. We've done talent competitions. I've sung everywhere you can sing, every kind of, I've, I've been in backs of bands. The Happy Mondays, I had a big fallout with Sean in 2000 and I've not been doing anything. And I was looking after a sick relative and it's hard to get back in the game. It really is. Um, before mm. social media, now it's a lot easier, I think, because you can send stuff out mm. a lot more. But still, it's knowing people. And, you know, and I brought up my children. I'd stayed away from the limelight, really. So you need a bit of... I needed to do something. I needed to earn money. I don't have anybody giving me money towards my kids. Mm. So I needed to. And so I did it for my reasons and I just ignored anybody who said you shouldn't be doing that for whatever reason they said it because it's nobody's business and it surprised everybody and myself that my voice came through and I, and I ended up being the top woman because of my voice regardless of because some people would shout at me there's that mad bird off the telly and it was like okay. instead of saying that's that great singer they would be saying there's that mad woman so it's a bit embarrassing but um yeah and then it takes a long time to shake off the x-factor tag so i didn't do any at home with rowetta x-factors rowetta this i didn't do any television and stuff um to do with the x-factor because i didn't want to uh, you know i did it for my reasons i got a great gay audience which i wanted to have so i had gigs to do uh, like bez did big brother around the same time we did it because yeah. we needed to for our own reasons and then we didn't we didn't uh, really uh, cash in on it as we could have done because you've got to think i wanted to be cool again you know and um the x-factor isn't that cool to be on and it went in my opinion, a bit downhill where they had some shitty judges, you know, it's a bit corny. It always was really, I had to sing songs I didn't want to sing, but to me it was a great challenge to do it and do it for nine weeks away from home, which was hard for me, and living with other people that you don't necessarily love, and, um, but um, I did it, and I did well. Good. Yeah, and these people, I mean, they're all out to kind of manipulate you, so why not, you know, why not? get back in the game and yeah and it, was, it was the first series yeah but it's the first series so now fun. people now people see people do well and they want to go in for it to be famous and it's like mm -hmm. they're doing it for the wrong reasons and the novelty acts i can't bear but it because i did the first year and i didn't know what it was going to be like and i think it, it was it was three judges and me walking in a room with no music that's what it was and i wanted to prove to the world mm. look i can sing remember i wasn't getting recognized for that sample so, you know, even if I was getting a bit of money for it, I have to prove every time somebody samples it without permission, it takes me ages to prove it's me. I end up so many times I've threatened to come into the office and sing it to you. You know, because mm -hmm. people are going, that's not Rowetta's voice. Well, whose voice is it? You know, and at one point, laid back Luke, I think, was saying he sang it. Piss off, it's me. <laughs> be, be, be. Go on then, we'll have a singing competition in the office. You know, just for money. And it just gets on my nerves. Uh. So I really... Do I work, you know, I spend nights sat up proving it's me, showing 
Right, at one minute eight, that's my voice. Now, I listened to some jungle tunes and stuff where they sampled it, because it does my head in. But, um, yeah, but you have to do that, because it, it's my career at the end of the day. But And if if I'd have been, if people had been recognised, I wouldn't have had to go in for X Factor, to be honest. If I'd been recognised as for my voice, but I was never recognised for my voice. It was, even in the Mondays, it all got overshadowed by the reputation of the Mondays. So, you know, and it's like the music's lasted, but I'm getting more credit now because people are watching YouTube videos and stuff of me singing. And um, yeah, people are saying, wow, she has got a great voice, where sometimes that could have got overlooked, you know, in the past. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What um, I wanted to ask you as well, just because, like I say, I'm, I'm in a band here and, and the last year has been really great and it's been really fun. And... Um, we're we're not really we've not made it we're you know we're not really recognized but except you know in the philippines we've got a really strong following and we went to japan in february but um it's really difficult it's it's really really difficult i've, I've found to to try and like get a following on, online and um I, I thought it would be easy at first you know and i've got all these ideas of how to promote the band and push the band and and stuff like that but it's it's still really hard do you have any advice on on musicians today you know how to kind of grow their their fan base like their followers people how, how to get people to to listen to you more how to expose I, your band a little bit more i don't because there's too many bands so many bands so many singers so many everything mm. so it now is a race a nightmare you know and i get asked all the time to sing with bands or to promote them or to retweet this i can't and i go i can't retweet even all my mates i can't retweet all their bands because it would just be about uh, you know on my facebook would just be full of charity posts and mates mm. bands so and yeah, that's yeah. you know it, it's it's difficult and i know like it would help them if i sang on the tune sometimes but I don't want to, and I don't, if I don't like the tune, and I might love you, but I don't always love the tune, and I don't want to be known as a backing singer, so I don't want to sing with people's bands, really. So I don't know, I don't know how it works now, to be honest. I took over the Mondays Facebook, and they had about 100,000 followers, and it was, it was just stagnant. So I took it over, and now it's 220-something thousand, because I post on it every day, and every, I'm active on it, and I show people, if you're starting out, I don't know how you, I don't know how you go about because there's so many bands. Until you have a hit, it's difficult, you know. And, and, yeah. and but you, you, there's ways of getting somebody maybe to remix you, or you know, that's got a name. Get somebody with a name or a load of followers to like you, and you're laughing. That's the best yeah, way. Yeah. Or and just, but just be willing to do. It's like hustling. I, I hustle. I do loads of shit for nothing. I always have done because I love a band. If I love a band, I'll sing with them. They don't have to ask me. I will go and ask them, always have done that. Paul Weller, I'm singing with him because I wanted to. And you know, there's a way, eventually I always go, I know it'll happen because I can sing. It's just getting them to know that you can and getting them to like you. And um, yeah, and it's, I don't really, I wouldn't, I don't know how you get in touch with people's labels. People like Alan McGee listens to people's music, I know, if he likes you. So everything's worth a chance. Just if you want someone to take notes of you, email and message him, don't pester them. But um, yeah, it's just getting someone, maybe get someone to try and come to a gig when they're over there, uh, wherever you're mm -hmm. performing in the Philippines. Or I don't know how you do it though, but it's easier than it used to be because you can send people stuff a lot easier online and if they choose to watch it. As long as it is a, a fine line though between annoying people by pestering, mm -hmm. which I get, I have to block so many people because you know they, they ask me and then they can see that I've read something and I've not replied. And I'm very good at replying, but sometimes I just, they're just pissing me off when it's over and over again. You know, you don't wish me happy birthday 20 times on my birthday.
because that's just annoying because they just want to reply you know and, and um, it's not usually my birthday anyway on the day it's usually someone else's birthday and they've got confused but you know just don't look desperate that's a big thing but yeah no i don't i don't know how you go about it it's like people are always saying um, who can we get to manage us? If I knew that, I don't have a manager. So I listened to David Bowie. He said, get a good lawyer, get a good accountant, get a good agent. Then you don't need a manager. And because nobody manages you like you. And that's what I, nobody manages me better than me. But Happy Mondays need a manager. And Alan McGee's a great manager for the band. But for personally, um, I'm managing myself. No, good. Yeah, good. So it's uh, just being on top of everything. I would say in my advice is be on top of everything. And, rem and keep your eye on if somebody is managing you or being your PA or being anything. And the other band members, everyone's got to be on the same, working just as hard as each other. And get rid of anybody who's not, I would say, even if they're good at playing. Because you're better to have a Ringo in your band who's dead keen, who's not as good as the rest of the band, than um, some top drummer who's not really into it. Although Charlie, uh, Charlie from the Rolling yeah. Stones does all right and he never wants to travel. But he always does. So yeah, no, um, yeah, you just all got to be on the same wavelength with the people that you work with. Because the Mondays aren't always, to be honest. They haven't always been, and that's when you get all your problems. You know, a lot of people can't be asked doing interviews, can't be asked da 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 You know, like Sean is really good now. He does lots and lots of interviews. And then the others may sometimes think it's all about Sean. But Sean does work hard. You know, I work hard to do a lot of interviews. Bez does. But Bez doesn't do as much as the others. But Bez does a lot of appearances. You know, it's just do, do your bit in a band. Mm. Good. So you've got um, you've got things in the pipeline with the Mondays for January. You said potentially January. Yeah. Um, if uh, if if restrictions and things were to just kind of ease up in the next uh, next two three months, um, what what would be your plan kind of until January? What's next in the pipeline between now and then? I don't think the Mondays will get back together because you have Paul Ryder lives in LA, um, Gary lives in Toronto. And, and we've got all our crew and stuff getting them all together. I think Sean's going to be doing Q&As if, you know, if he's allowed to do. Myself and Bez will probably do a couple of club nights before Christmas. Uh, I'll probably do some house PAs more than anything. I'm just doing loads of recording at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy as I am. It's just obviously financially it's not great for everybody in bands uh, not working because touring is how we make our money, really. But, um, but these people are a lot worse off, so I'm not going to ever complain you know, in front of people. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know there's other people a lot worse off. So just making sure use this time wisely, help other people obviously as well. Um, but not rushing for Monday's gigs because we've got loads next year. And we've got, at the end of next year is amazing. We're doing arenas. I don't, we must be with someone, but I don't know. I've just, I've just seen, are we available in December on certain dates in big arenas in the UK? Um, Amsterdam will be amazing in January. Um, Isle of Wight's back on for us, Glastonbury hopefully as well. So all the gigs that we were gonna do this year, we're doing again next year. So we've got um, yeah, this, we've got quite a lot of festivals coming up. I don't think we're doing a big, big tour next year. I don't think, but maybe now because of this, maybe we will, I don't know, but I don't think we'll do a big one. I think we'll just do some big dates with another band probably. I would love to tour Australia and New Zealand again. Uh, there was talk of us doing it with Primal Scream, which would be amazing, I love them. Um, but obviously everything's on hold, who knows? Um, just wait and see at the moment. We're all playing that game. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, just before we head off, Rowetta, you're a, you're a huge Manchester United fan. And uh, I love Manchester United as well. And it's been a bit of a dark yeah. day for football, isn't it? 
Well, yeah, yesterday, it's obviously that's gone now. Now it's all about getting it back. <laughs> no, um, yeah, we've just got to, we've just got to get back in Europe. Yeah, I do a lot. I do a lot of programs actually, but because because I was away a lot last year, and because we had such shit managers, we really did. Mm -hmm. I lost my interest more than because I was a pundit on BBC Red Wednesday for United, and then it, you end up just hating going to the games. And I love going to the games when I can, and um, but I don't like losing and driving home. It's just the saddest, saddest thing. So um, yeah, but I've started to do more football shows again now that we're starting to get better. Um, even though we've not played for a bit, still the promise is back. So I started to yeah work again. I did um, MUTV Manchester United Television last week. I'm doing Talk Sport next week, um, talking about United again. Manny did it I think a couple of weeks ago. So I'm back talking about football again, which is great. Even though Liverpool have won. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad for my Liverpool friends. I do have Liverpool friends, but, you know, it's just in our blood to hate Liverpool. We don't really, but <laughs> <coughs> as a team. So, yeah, but because we've had time to get used to it, to be honest, now. So, I keep going to come, but I haven't, got, I haven't got corona, but... <coughs> put, your, put your masks on. Just <laughs> the heat. Can anybody else take a selfie? Because every time I try and take a selfie, it's got my phone on it. I want my T-shirt in. Sure. Can anyone take a selfie and send um, it? Yeah. You oh, we can do it. We're, we're going to record this, Rowetta, so we'll send you the link to it and I'll send you a couple oh, of amazing. screenshots and stuff as well. Just want a screenshot to post on Instagram in a minute. Okay, okay. Um, two seconds. Then Who's, got Who's got a phone? Who's got a phone? Ready? Three, two, one. Okay. Thank you. I got one. I know I'm very demanding. <laughs> very pushy. Phenomenal. Like, pushy woman. <laughs> um, Rowetta, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Oh, and thanks for having us. me. Let me know. Send me all the links and everything so I can... And don't forget my photo, but send me all the links and I'll, um, pr I'll plug it like loads and put it on the Mondays. Oh, um, cool. Good, good, yeah. Everything. Thank you. And, and next, next time you, do, you go to Australia and New Zealand, please, 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 please stop in Bangkok as well. As, well, it's either uh, Bangkok or Hong Kong. Yeah, Bangkok or Hong Kong, isn't it, when we stop? We usually yeah, Hong Kong. 